0: Hello listeners, and thank you for tuning in to the Jumama podcast, where we talk about all things pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood, tips and tricks, and more from a Senegalese American perspective. today's episode I'm going to be telling you guys my birth story. Oh what a story it was at least for me and I figured if I'm going to do a podcast on pregnancy and motherhood I need to have some skin in the game. So I'm going to tell you guys my story in today's episode but before we get to that let's hear a word from our special sponsor. (coughs) Now, our sponsor today is actually very pertinent to the story that I'm going to be telling you guys because she is the reason why I have a story to tell at all. I'm going to start this story off at the very beginning, I guess. So when I found out I was pregnant, um, I was kind of in denial about the whole thing um, and it actually started a couple of weeks prior to me actually confronting the reality of me being pregnant um, so I remember my ears were ringing and my husband was like oh he did some online research and he said that could be a symptom of early pregnancy and I was like what I've never heard of that so I gave it no weight at all and I just kept going on about my life but it was weird having these ringing ears and not really being able to explain why. We actually went to the emergency room at some point um, because I it literally just kept getting worse. And I was like, "I'm am I losing my hearing? What's going on here? So went to the emergency room. Nothing really panned out. Nothing was wrong, quote unquote. And so weeks went on where the ringing ears got a little bit better, but I kind of was still not thinking about pregnancy at all. Um, I remember A couple of weeks later, we were driving from Cincinnati to um, Atlanta, and we stopped to get food, and we got burgers. And my mind was like, no, not at all. These burgers, and I like burgers, but these burgers were not hidden at all. So I couldn't tell if it was just like, the burgers are not good, or I'm being nauseous for other reasons that I didn't want to confront at the time. But it crept back into my mind like, oh, maybe this is a reality that I can't keep ignoring. So... A couple of days later, I think I finally mustered up enough courage to take a test, and it came out positive, positive. and I didn't tell my husband right away because I think I still, a part of me was still kind of not trying to fully process that, and I don't know why, because I wasn't not trying. I, I've always wanted to have kids, so it was weird to finally be at that crossroad and not fully embrace it, um, but I didn't tell him right away. Um, I wanted to make it a little bit more special, so I um, worked with my doctor. I set up a doctor's appointment, had him go with me, and then I had the doctor announce it to me as if I didn't know either, so it could be a surprise for him. And so that was me finding out that I was pregnant and kind of coming to terms with it. It took a while. Before I continue with the rest of the story, I kind of want to circle back to this point about kind of the denial that I was in. Um, when it came to finding out that I was pregnant. And the reason I want to circle back to it is because I would never want my daughter to grow up and listen to this episode and feel like I didn't want her. That's not the case at all. I think in our community, um, something that we always just assume is everybody wants to be pregnant and everybody wants to have babies. And so with, when we think like that, I think it kind of erases the humanness of it where sometimes you go through different emotions when you find out big news pregnancy is one of those things that changes your life forever. And so for me, I think I really just had to process the fact that my life was going to be different going forward. I didn't know anything about pregnancy. And I think that played into my fear of it as well. And the denial that I had around it was all encompassed around fear. The fact that I didn't know much about it, I was terrified of giving birth. I It was just a lot of emotions that I was processing that made me further delay accepting the fact that I was going to have to go through this experience. It was one of those things that was like out of sight, out of mind. If I don't have to think about it, maybe it's not really there. And so that's really what was driving the whole denial factor. But once I came to terms with the fact that I was pregnant, I started to get more information around pregnancy and labor and childbirth. It became a lot more manageable for me, and I became much more excited in the process. And so speaking of that process, one of the first steps was to establish my care schedule with my OB, Um, going in to confirm the pregnancy where they ask you the first date of your last cycle. That's how they determine your estimated due date Um, and just do preliminary um, testing or explain to you the the test that they'll have to do throughout pregnancy. Um, They'll do the confirmation test where you... um, provide a blood sample and a pea sample so they can confirm that you are indeed pregnant. And then they'll tell you how the rest of your pregnancy is going to go in terms of visits and testing that they will offer to you, like genetic testing, um, things that you need to stay away from, such as foods that could harm you or a baby. And overall, just activities that are safe for you to do and activities that are um, not prohibited, but, you know, well, some are very prohibited, but really just how you should take care of yourself over the course of the next nine months for you to have a safe delivery. So finally got around to doing that with my OB and it was a huge sigh of relief um, once I was able to get more information, but I knew that there was a long journey and road ahead of me where I needed to still learn about the symptoms that I was going to be experiencing, um, how do I want to give birth, my birth plan, all of these things that we aren't really talked about that we are really talked to or about in our community, in our Senegalese community, that I would have to overcome. And so that was really kind of step one. And then it seems like as soon as I accepted the fact that I was pregnant, the symptoms started kicking in. So I talked about the ringing ears before and a little bit of the nausea with the burger that I ate. But when I tell you after I finally was like, okay, I'm pregnant, it, it kicked in. Um, I had extremely bad nausea. Um, I couldn't really keep anything down. I remember for a couple of weeks, all I wanted to eat was watermelon because I felt like it was mild and it was giving me a lot of water, but I didn't want to really eat anything. And it was just, it was horrible. I was like, if this is what pregnancy is going to be like, I don't want to do it. (laughs) Um, So you kind of hear a pessimistic tone throughout my birth story because I was just extremely scared of being pregnant, extremely scared of giving birth, and so that fueled a lot of my feelings, and there were moments where I was really excited and really happy, uh, mostly throughout the second trimester, which is called the golden trimester. I'll have an episode on that, um, just to talk about what happens during the second trimester, but that was really the peak of pregnancy. But the first and the third, I have to admit, at least for me, they were not the most pleasant. So, my symptoms included, like I mentioned, the nausea, not really being able to keep food down, being fatigued all the time. So, I felt like I was super, super lazy and unproductive. Um, I was not getting enough sleep, felt really tired, and had insomnia throughout the night. So, it was just, it was really not a great experience. Um, It was like feeling sick every day, all day. For multiple weeks so over time my body just got really really tired and then I was really concerned because I wasn't eating if my baby was gonna grow Um, and this is where research and talking to your doctor really comes into play because you'll learn that a lot of women experience those symptoms in the first trimester and although it would be better to be able to eat and keep food down a lot of women are not able to keep food down and so um, it's normal for you to feel anxiety around your baby having enough weight or growing fast enough, but the good news is that most of the time that's how it goes and your baby ends up being just fine. And that was the case for me as well. Um, Had a couple of complications, which I'll talk about a little bit later, but overall it was a very smooth process once I was able to get past the first trimester. One thing that got established early on in my pregnancy is... um, I-U-G-R, intrauterine growth restriction. So that means that my baby was small um, while I was carrying her. And this led to a couple of complications where I was monitored weekly instead of monthly just to make sure that my baby was developing normally. Um, And this made pregnancy a little bit harder for me. So back to that pessimistic tone that I had, finding out that I had a a growth-restricted baby, added to the anxiety that I already had. And so I was thinking, geez, is it because I didn't eat enough in my first trimester? Is it because I'm still not eating very much? I'm not gaining much weight? Um, and so the weekly visits really were stressful, where every time I had to go into those visits, I had to prepare myself for the growth percentile that they were going to tell me. Oh, your baby's in the fifth percentile, your baby's in the third percentile. And then the the translation of what that meant, if the baby doesn't fall above the tenth percentile, their implications for when you would be induced for labor or if you would be induced at all. And so a lot of decisions were up in the air with respect to when i was going to give birth and how i was going to give birth and that added to the extra anxiety along my birth um journey overall i mean it was it was horrible sitting across from those doctors every week and having to hear that she's still not really growing as fast and so the problem was was not that she wasn't growing individually as a baby she was growing but in comparison to other babies at her gestational age, she wasn't growing as much, and she wasn't as big. And so when they say, like, oh, the third percentile. So she was bigger than 3% of babies, really, is what they were saying. And so when you think about the grand scheme of things, that's fairly small and not very good. And so they just had to closely monitor me to make sure that fluids were okay, brain activity were okay, blood flow was okay, and everything to make sure that, um, you know, it would all go well in the end. And it did, Alhamdulillah. I'm very happy that it went very well. I have a healthy baby girl right now. But at the time, it felt like the world was just crashing down over you every single week that they gave you this news. And they would always try to reassure you like, oh, it's okay, some babies are just small. But then I would always say, well, if that's the case and some babies are just small, why am I here every week? And I get it, you have to do your job. So it was just me going into my kind of Fierce mode of why am I here? But I knew that they had to do what they had to do and they were doing what they had to do to make sure that I was healthy and safe and baby was healthy and safe. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Um, and what carried me throughout the entire experience, aside from my care team, was this app called what to expect. I recommend for everyone who is currently pregnant, wants to get pregnant, is planning to get pregnant, to download that app. Um, I'm sure there are other apps out there that give pertinent, relevant, timely information, but I really enjoyed this app a lot because of the way that it broke down the weeks. And every week that it was telling me this should be happening around this week, I found myself to be going through that. So I felt like it was very accurate, very um, concise at the same time, but also full of information. I mean, it was just everything you could... Expect So I guess the name is (laughs) appropriate, what to expect. Everything you could expect to have questions about, it was already there. Like it's like it's going to give you the answer before you even have the question. Um, I really enjoyed using this app throughout my entire pregnancy. And even after pregnancy, it tells you you can kind of change the mode from pregnancy to baby is here now. And it will give you relevant information for your baby's development after they are born. So you better believe I was on that app every single day. And it's actually nice, the app. I'm going to open it up as I'm talking now because I feel like it was just really, really um, cool to have. Um, I'm going to have to go back to before my baby was born to show you guys kind of what it was, the type of information that I was giving me. Um, But it would tell you how many gestational weeks you are, depending on the information that you put in there. So you tell them when your last pregnancy, sorry, your last uh, menstrual cycle began, and they would estimate the delivery date for you, which should line up with what your doctors do. I believe they use a similar method. Um, But it would tell you what developments your baby is going through in that specific week. There was a daily tip so right now i'm in the mode for post baby but like my tip for the day is if you have low milk supply and it tells you if you are breastfeeding you may experience poor milk supply blah 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 and it goes into this article so the tip is like a little snippet you click into it and it has a whole article and a lot of the times i found that the tips of the day that i was giving me was aligning with what I was going through in that day, or it was off by like a day or two. So it might say like, you should start feeling baby kick today. I might not have felt it that day, but then like a day or two later, I would feel the baby kick. And then it had a whole article on how to count your kicks. There's so much information that it just tells you to really help ease your mind around the experience that you're going through, because it's wild, especially if you're a first time mom where everything is new to you. Um... You can't take the amount of information that is out there for granted, and it really helps because um, if you listen to my episode last week on Why Jean Mama, why this podcast at all, in our community, we're not really told any of these things. Um, we're prepared. I love there's... Um, a listener of mine who shared their response to the question that I that posted in last week's episode, the prompt around what was it that you wish you knew about pregnancy when it comes to the Senegalese community more. And she mentioned, I'm going to plug that into this episode here. But she mentioned, you know, we're always prepared on how to be wives, but not how to be mothers. And I thought that was so it it, it resonated with me because I felt like that was true. Um, We're told how to be good wives, how to prepare ourselves to be good wives, and how to take care of our homes. But we don't have the same level of information when it comes to motherhood. So I'll play that in this episode so you guys can hear it directly from her. But I thought it was a really good summary of how pregnancy is experienced for the first time by many, many of us. And this app really helped to kind of quell those nerves and bridge the gap between what you thought you knew and what's really out there. And then, of course, your care team will be there to answer questions along the way as well. So that was really me being pregnant. Uh, First trimester was absolutely horrible. Second trimester was better where I felt like I was smooth sailing. And then third trimester, I can't even begin to get into how horrific it was for me. Here, I'm going to have a dedicated episode on the third trimester. But overall, my birth story was just like getting to the point of having the baby. It was pretty tumultuous. Um, Alhamdulillah, I have to say that compared to maybe some women who have a lot of complications, I didn't have a lot of complications. But personally, for me, how I experienced it, I felt like it was tumultuous. And then leading up to the induction, which I'm going to tell you guys about now, Um, I feel like it was just an up and down, an uphill battle as well. Um, So getting induced. I got induced on, what was it, Monday, December 19th. That is a lie. I got induced on Monday, December 26th. (laughs) Uh, Monday, December 26th, I got induced at night, and the induction went really well. Um, I wasn't dilated at all by the time that I got induced, and I got induced right at 38 weeks, so Sunday was my changeover week. Um, On Sunday, I was 38 weeks, Monday, 38 weeks in one day, and I got induced on that Monday night, and um, they used the balloon folly method. All of these things we'll talk about in future episodes, so... I'm just going to be speaking freely right now without giving much explanation, but they use um, the the folly method to induce me and get the dilation going. And I gave birth on Wednesday morning, December 28th. So overall, it wasn't as long of a process because the induction does take time. You're not in active labor the entire time. They have to first soften your uh, cervix. Or ripen your cervix and then uh, make sure that you start dilating and once you get to that 10 centimeters that's when you're able to push so overall I would say especially because she was a smaller baby the whole pushing experience was not bad at all I didn't push for long and um, overall uh, getting induced wasn't as bad I didn't want the epidural I wanted to thug it out and do natural. And not to say people who get that epidural don't thug it out. Let me tell you, pregnancy is an a entire thugging it out experience. If you go through the process of being pregnant and having a baby, you are a thug. Because there's no harder experience that I've gone through. And I don't know that many harder experiences exist when it comes to just what the human body can endure, pregnancy tests you and pushes you to your limits. And so everybody who has had a baby out there, whether it's been through vaginal delivery, C-section, it does not matter. Like, you are a thug. You are um, an OG because it's hard. And that, going back to when I initially found out I was pregnant, that's what I thought about. I thought about how hard it was and how, challenging it is on the body and how much change your body goes through and that's what made me kind of not want to face reality but when I went through the birth experience like the actual giving birth experience yep I was not wrong it was everything that I thought and more the pain is indescribable um, there are ways to manage pain we'll have episode we'll have an episode on that because there are options out there for you to manage pain whether you want to You know, have laughing gas, um, the epidural, if you want to use the shower method to have um, to activate different sensories around pain and how you manage pain and how you receive pain. I mean, there's just so much out there. So I feel like, you know, this episode was me kind of just trying to be vulnerable and tell you guys about my experience so you can feel like I have some skin in the game for why I want to talk about this at all. Um, But when it comes to the educational piece there's so much information out there that I'll share in future episodes. So um, just to give you a little bit of a taste around what types of topics or the, the topics that I want to talk about. Um, and feel free to share your ideas, too. If there is an idea, a topic that you want to hear about, let me know. But for now, um, some of the ideas that I had were around uh, social media and babies. There's some cultural um, Opinions around that in our in our in the Senegalese community Um, Inducing labor some old wives tales that help you get labor going Um, If you have a full head of hair when the baby's born did you have heartburn is there a correlation or causation around that? Um, The first postpartum poop. Oh, this one's gonna be a good one because it's it's a real thing. It's not It's not fun And it's not something that we should not talk about just because it's uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, Baby nutrition, the third trimester, first trimester, second trimester, like I mentioned, Um, diaper changes. I mean, there's just so much to talk about. So I'm really excited to continue this. I feel like these episodes are continuations of each other. Some build off of others. Some are standalone. But overall, pregnancy, postpartum, motherhood, there's so much to talk about. I hope you guys enjoyed my birth story for what it's worth. And I look forward to talking to you guys in another episode. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening.
1: As a new mom, one thing I really wish we have more information about, and especially from our mother, is how to prepare us. How to be a mother because I feel like um, we lack that within our community because you know growing up as a woman the first thing they always teach us is how to be a wife, how to take care of your husband, how to take care of your home but we never actually had that information on how to be ready or what to expect when it comes to motherhood and I know motherhood is very complex, it's just something that you wouldn't honestly know until you leave it or until you become one but I just wish that our mom would have, like, thought more about, like, what to expect, the changes in our marriage, the changes, like, in our body and our mind that comes with being a mom. Because I feel like once you become a mom, it's like a whole new woman that just rebirth, I would say. So I wish that our mom have prepared us more and then, like, kind of, like, touch up on what to expect when it comes to motherhood.